And we're here to discuss all things pop culture and dissect the wildest show on TV. And we changed our intro a little bit. I don't know if anyone yeah, actually noticed. we just noticed. made the decision like <laughs> Two minutes a minute ago. That <laughs> it's now we're a recap podcast. Oh, we probably need to change our... Rather than a rewatch podcast. We might need to change but... our like website so it says recap. Oh. We're not we're... set on it yet, so we would we would love thoughts yeah we're, we'll, we'll a make a twi- watch podcast or a recap podcast. we're making it we'll make a twitter poll when we um release this episode and you can vote on twitter so go follow us on twitter pops pop culture uh lots of things are going down we're constantly waging a war against the barchies of the fandom it's a great <laughs> time so that's a twitter promotion um but yeah i feel like we just made this decision like two minutes ago, so we're going to have to think about it. Because we technically are now more of a recap podcast than a rewatch. But we do... Well, no, we're not rewatching it. We're just watching it. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, this episode, we have a few things to cover. We're a bit late this week. Um, we weren't able to get our act together over the weekend. But we're still making sure to release before the next episode of Riverdale. So hopefully listen to it before that next episode comes out and if everything goes as planned we're gonna record our next episode on friday so hopefully it'll be a little more on time and that will be our final thoughts before the time jump so it will be a good one i'm sure i feel like this next riverdale episode the one that's coming out today i guess technically um it will be a good one i feel like it will be sentimental Oh, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. It's gonna be the last high school episode. Yeah, it's gonna be a big deal. Oh wow. Okay. So anyway. Well. Um. So anyway, this this episode we have a few different things to cover. Um, this morning the Golden Globe nominations just came out, which I didn't even realize they were coming out until. I woke up and the live stream was happening. So uh, then I tuned in for like the last five minutes. But we have the list in front of us. Um, We're going to do sort of a live reaction because I haven't really looked through it yet. Um, I, from what I've seen, I think a lot of it is going to be me saying, I don't even know what this is. I've never even heard of this. Um, So that will be great. Um, And then uh, there was a bit of Twitter drama over the last week. And then we'll get into the Riverdale episode. So that's the plan. All right. So the first category is best performance by an actor in a television series, musical or comedy. Um, and really the only one that I know is Eugene Levy in Schitt's Creek. Yeah, I've heard of Ted Lasso. This It's like some um, Apple TV Plus sh- like show. It's like their only good show, apparently. Well, I guess the morning show too I but liked the morning show. but it's like they're only That's like fine. a well-received show i would say um and it's about like some i don't know the plot scene something about like a coach of a football team who's never been a oh. coach or something or soccer oh i saw i feel like i saw an ad for that it sounds like kind of dumb but apparently people like it so maybe 
Uh, Jason Sudeikis is good in that. Who knows? I'm rooting for Eugene Levy. Yeah, and then Rami. There. Rami. Uh, oh, the I show I've heard of that. I don't really know that. that much about it, but anyway. Uh, all right, the next category is best performance by an actress in a TV series, musical, com- or comedy. This ca- this this I feel like is like the most interesting of all of the categories <laughs> because we have Kaylee Kiyoko from The Flight Attendant, which if you haven't watched The Flight Attendant, highly recommend. Really good. It's like eight episodes on HBO. Such a good show. Kaylee Kiyoko, so good in it. But then she's up against Catherine, Catherine, Catherine O'Hara from Schitt's Creek, who... As well as Lily Collins from Emily yeah, Pierce, which, so it's some pretty tough competition. <laughs> the fact that Lily Collins even got a nomination for Emily Pierce, I don't know if that speaks to how dumb the Golden Globes are, or just how limited the content we got was this year, but that is truly strange. If she wins over Kaylee Kiyoko and Catherine, Catherine O'Hara, I will be very mad. Yeah, I I do think I need to watch the flight inten- attendant. And once I found out that Kaylee Kiyoko was in she's it, the lead, um, she's the main person. I, yeah, she's I, really I good in it. I was a bit too. more motivated because I used to be a big big Bang, big Bang Theory fan. But yeah, I mean, so Catherine O'Hara, like I feel like it would be hard not to give it to her just everyone loves her so much and it would be sort of like an upset if anyone but her won but I don't know I have mixed feelings alright next category is best performance by an actor in a television series drama um I mean there's certainly some very famous actors in here there's Al Pacino Bob Odenkirk Jason Bateman um, but I've I, heard of some of these shows, but I've never seen any of them. The Crown, yeah, Ozark, neither, Better Call Saul. So. No opinion. <laughs> I feel like, like my dad is a very big Bob Odin or a very big Better Call Saul fan, so maybe I'll root for Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then best perform best um, performance by actress in a drama television series. Um, again. Um, heard of like no, or I've heard of I've heard of, I've heard of these people, shows but. The Crown Killing Eve Ozark but yeah I haven't watched any of them it's no opinion um okay best performance by an actor in a limited series or motion picture made for television um I was surprised I don't know any of these I haven't seen any of these but I was surprised yeah, there's that, some famous actors in here but I've I was surprised that either. um the movie Bad Education didn't get a nomination I'm, tr- mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who which the actor was in that. I'm going to look it up. Oh, was someone really... Was it Alec Baldwin? No. It was... Or was it Hugh Grant? Oh, it was Hugh Grant. Oh, no, it was Hugh Jackman. Oh, he does? No, it was Hugh Jackman. Oh, okay. He well, was so Hugh good Grant in that. Hugh Grant is nominated yeah, for he's nominated for something doing. else. So I'm surprised that he didn't get a nomination, because that actually was a good movie, and, well, and I've heard of it, so... But anyway, I guess right. not. Next one, best performance by an actress in a limited series or movie or motion picture made for television. Um, again, some famous actresses like Kate Blanchett and Nicole Kidman. I haven't seen 
any of these shows. Oh, I, mean, I did I've watch heard... like two episodes of Mrs. America. I've heard good things about all of these shows, like Mrs. America, Normal People, The Queen's Gambit, Qu- Gambit. Yeah, The Undoing, the Undoing. Unorthodox. I've heard yeah, good things. Yeah, I feel things. like these are all shows that everyone says is says are really good. Yeah, so that this category doesn't like surprise me. Um, okay, then best television series drama. Um, there's The Crown, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Ratch. Ratch? Well, I haven't watched any of those. I've I've only watched like two episodes of Lovecraft Country, which it they were it was good. It was not oh, for did? me. Yeah, I watched like two episodes. It's like a bit. I don't exactly know how to describe it, but it wasn't really for me. But like I can appreciate that. Like for some people, it was good. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is making me feel like I watched like no TV. We both watch so much TV. Yeah. And I actually felt like I was watching, like, some current stuff, but I guess maybe I'm not. Yeah. I've always been like, I should watch The Crown, but... Oh, I watched one episode of The Crown also over quarantine. But it was, like, like, from the first... It it was the first season, so it doesn't count because this is, like... I think they're on season four now. And then The Mandalorian... I just... Uh, My my brother and my dad have watched that, but I have not. But good for them for getting a nomination. Um, and yeah. Then best television limited series or motion picture made for television. I have not seen any of these either. It's sort of reoccurring um, shows: Normal yeah. People, Queen's Gambit, Small Axe. I don't even know what that is. The Undoing and Unorthodox. I feel like maybe I should watch Normal People because I read the book and the book was fine. I don't yeah. Know. I, well, I, I sort of haven't watched it because I haven't read the book. Not that I think I would appreciate like, I, love I the book. I don't think you need to read the book. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I just don't really need to read or watch. Um, <laughs> okay. Now it's best performance by an actress in the supporting role. So this category is interesting because they make the supporting actor and actress categories across series, limited series, and motion picture made for TV. So it's like a lot of competition. Um, there's people from... So there's only four people nominated. Yeah, and only four people nominated. So <laughs> Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek, hopefully she wins. Like, yes, just, I am rooting for her. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these other things, but... Um, yeah. And then it's the same Best Supporting Actor, um, and the only Dan one Lovey. I know is Dan Levy. And he needs to win. There's there's no other options. No competition. Oh, Jim Parsons is nominated. But Hollywood, for Hollywood. I heard so that was some terrible. Big Bang Theory. I heard that Hollywood was terrible. People. So I think. Yeah, I didn't. Let's look not very give it a nod. I've heard horrible but. things. Um. Okay. Now, best TV series, musical or comedy. Okay. This is. I have to do know a few of these. Um. Emily in Paris. How that even got a nomination. <laughs> It's beyond me. I was me. so shocked when I saw that. Did you ever finish Emily in Paris? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. It was horrendous. Oh, it was terrible. I did, I, and I you will... finished? I didn't realize you finished it. It was not I a big moment. I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. I watched it in like two days. I could not but bear to get through it. It it did not... There's nothing particularly great about it other than it's just like mindless It makes no fun. sense. And... It does nothing new or original or particularly interesting. It's just fun. So I, I, I'm I mean, confused about how it made it on this list. Even, like, 
Yeah, I, I, I can't. Um, but the flight attendant is nominated, which it's up against Schitt's Creek, so I feel like it will be hard to like after Schitt's Creek sweep the Emmys. I feel like it's hard for really anything to beat Schitt's, Schitt's Creek here. But I'm glad I got some recognition. It is yeah. interesting that it's in the comedy category because I wouldn't call the flight attendant a comedy, but I feel like the categories are always a bit strange. Um, All right. Okay, now we're in the film section. So, best motion picture, musical, or comedy. Um, the only one I've seen is Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, I saw Palm Springs. Palm Springs is actually oh, was good. Was that good? Yeah, it's on Hulu. It's like a Hulu original movie. It's a um, it's like similar to Groundhog's Day, kind of like the reoccurring day theme, oh. but it's like set in Palm Springs during a wedding. It's like it's not like the greatest movie ever, but I it was one of my favorite movies from last year. Um, it has Andy Samberg. He's like the lead. Oh yeah. It was fun. I recommend if you have nothing better to do. It's better than a lot of movies I've watched over the last year. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, I feel like it's hard um, to like compete with Hamilton though. At the same time, like it's, it's hard to compare the other movies yeah, to it's, Hamilton. It's really hard to compare Palm Springs to Hamilton because, I mean, personally, I feel like I enjoy Palm Springs more, but like I feel like Hamilton is just like such a bigger feat of like a bigger accomplishment than. Yeah, yeah. I personally was never a huge Hamilton fan, so watching the movie like it was, was like, just like it was cool whatever. to see it, but it wasn't like super impactful to me. But like, it is like a pretty incredible musical. I feel like so it's like hard mm-hmm. to compare. And then the prom, and... I watched like five minutes of, and I could not stand it. I was just like, <laughs> why am I even subjecting yeah. myself to this? I saw, yeah. I saw the opening number surprised. like five minutes of it. And it was, like, Meryl Streep and James Corden, like, dancing around on the red carpet. And I was, like, I don't even know why I, like, care to put myself through this. Yeah, my mom keeps trying to get me to watch it with her. And I feel like I'll probably end up doing it. But it it doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't look that good to me. James Corden got a nomination for it that we'll get to in a second. (laughs) Yep. And, oh, but I feel like Borat could win this one also. Because everyone, I, I haven't seen that. But everyone is talking about it. Um, Alright, best motion picture drama. Okay, so this is like sort of a precursor for the Oscars. Like the Golden Globes are always sort of like start off the award season. So like this is like somewhat interesting to see like what has potential to win Oscars. Um, So like if this is a precursor to like best picture nominations, this will be interesting. Um, So The Father, Mank, Nomadland... Three movies I have not really heard of. I heard of Mank, but only through Me another too. podcast. And I've heard it's like this like very prestigious kind of boring movie. It's about making Citizen Kane, right? Yeah. So it's like if you don't Which even I have know not, Citizen have you Kane. Watched Citizen Kane? Well, yeah, no. you kind of have to have watched Citizen Kane for it to at all be meaningful to you. And it's like apparently it's very like just kind of indus- industry like in the weeds of like the like, I think the audience is very narrow, and it's not me. But, I mean, maybe I'll end up watching it if it's nominated for Best Picture. But then, the two movies that I have seen, Promising Young Woman and The Trial of the Chicago 7, I feel like those aren't surprising. Yeah. Um, 
I I haven't seen Promising Young Woman yet, and I really want to watch it. But I have seen The Trial of the Chicago Seven, and I know. Well, we watched Luke it together. I, it was like we watched it together, <laughs> and did not. It was love like it. it was fine. I was, was like fine. a little bored, and I just felt like it was like trying to be a bit more meaningful than it like, like it. It wasn't as meaningful as it was supposed to be. Like it was like. I yeah, I felt like I was thoroughly engaged the entire time, but. It just—it wasn't it didn't that really do anything for me emotionally, or it didn't really. I don't feel like I, I didn't. I didn't know anything about the trial of the Chicago Seven before, but I didn't really feel like I learned very much from it either. Yeah, I felt like it was like so. trying to be like the movie of the moment. Like, I mean, actually, it wasn't because it was written like a long time ago. But that was sort of how it was pitched, and it like didn't quite live up to that. But I think Promising Young Woman, I watched it and I originally, I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. And now I've listened to like all these podcasts about it. um, And I've like read a lot about it. And like the more I read about it, the more I like appreciate it even more. I mean, like I already liked it the first time. And like, I just want to watch it again. It's like the kind of movie that like the more you think about it and like analyze it, like it just gets better. And now I want to watch it I really want to watch it. And I definitely have a feeling it's going to be my... Uh, favorite of all of these but movies. it's like easy easily my favorite movie of the year like <laughs> i mean it's not like there's mm-hmm. like that much competition i but... think it i think it'll win yeah i it better it better win um okay best motion picture foreign language i've, I've not heard, heard of, of any of these, none of these so yeah. it's a bit str- <laughs> it's strange that some of them are usa movies i guess they're made in the u.s but they're in a different language is that what huh. that means? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Best screenplay for motion picture. Um, it's all the same. It's, it's exactly the, the same as the drama category. It's, so Aaron Sorkin, maybe for the Chicago of the or the trial of the Chicago Seven. He's the only screenwriter that I've heard <laughs> of out of all of them, but that's not surprising to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Best original song. I haven't heard of any. I of literally these. know none of these. Hear songs. my voice from the trial to Chicago. I don't even know. The original songs, like sometimes they're like in the movie. Like Shallow, obviously, was like in the movie and everyone knows it. But like most of the time, I feel like they're just like songs that played over the credits. And it's like, what's the point of even yeah. like having this category? Oh, there is one from One Night in Miami, and I saw, I saw that play. Which I really liked, so I do want to see the movie. But I'm, my I don't parents know if this... just watched it without me. I don't. The play wasn't a musical, was it? No, it wasn't. I, so, I don't think so. Um, and like I'm trying to think of like I, that was a song that I would have known from watching the play, but probably not. It was probably just in the movie. Yeah. Um, but I think it's supposed to be good. Okay, best actor in a supporting role in any movie. Um. Oh, so there's some big ones on here. Sacha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Where's... that. I don't remember who that. Who. Um, he played. Well, he he's the one from, um, Borat too, right? I, don't I think know. so. Leslie Odom Jr. from One Night in Miami. I didn't even know he was in that. Um, Jared Leto from The Little King's Things, which, that movie like just came out on HBO Max. It's. It has um, Denzel Washington in it. I've heard not great things. I think it didn't get great reviews. And then Bill Murray from um, 
on the rocks, which we actually did see together. Oh, yeah, we did. I feel like he was fine in that. I don't know if it's, like, a award-winning role. Like, I feel like he's had way yeah. better roles than, like, he's done much better things than that. I could I could see him winning it, though. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I honestly wouldn't really be surprised if any of these people... I think everyone I loves him, so, like... I anyone's game. Yeah, I mean... I haven't watched most of these, so I can't really make a judgment. Yeah, me neither. Um, best actress <laughs> in a supporting role. Glenn Close from Hillbilly Elegy. That movie got, like, horrendous reviews, though, which is interesting. Hmm. Olivia Coleman, The Father. So I looked up The Father. Apparently, it's, like, a movie about, like, a guy who has dementia, like, a dad who has dementia. So I think Olivia Coleman is his daughter. I think it will be. That sounds be. just like a depressing. Yeah, really depressing. Or depressing. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what two of these are. And then Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried. Because I looked up, I think it's Seyfried. <laughs> I, lo- I watched an interview to figure out her name and I'm pretty sure it's Seyfried, but I could be wrong. And speaking of Amanda Seyfried, I actually just finished season one of Veronica Mars. We were talking about this like right before we started recording. <laughs> Yeah. So if you listen to our 2020 recap episode, I've become a huge Veronica Mars fan in the last month and a half, and I finally convinced Luke to watch it, and he finished the first season, and he's not quite as big of a fan as me. It was fine. I would say. It wasn't, like, the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it was fine. I personally enjoyed The Flight Attendant more. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so that's that category. Um, best actor in a motion picture. Oh, God. This is, like, such a dip- um, Oh, this is a comedy. Only, only comedy. musical or comedy. Okay, I was going to say, this is overall. I feel like this is such a sad sad set of nominations. Yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I don't know how Lin-Manuel is... Miranda got nominated for this. Like, He's, like, Lin- the worst Lin- actor Lin- in the Lin-Manuel whole thing. Miranda is very very talented just he as a should have person. gotten a writing credit for hamilton yeah but why didn't he get a writing that doesn't make any sense yeah but as an act i mean all of these people are really famous like there's not a single person i don't know even though i've never heard of the movie the personal history of david copperfield i've like but i do i remember david seeing Chappelle. stuff but i have no idea what it's about andy samberg was fine in palm springs not the greatest um performance and james corden like what? That movie was, I mean, I didn't see it, but I, from listening to people talk about it, it does not sound like it was the greatest movie, and it sounds like he didn't really do a great job in it either. <sighs> so so anyway. maybe Sasha Baron Cohen. Maybe, I, I guess so. I haven't seen He that. could win. So yeah, he's nominated for both Borat and um, Trial of Chicago 7, so he could win both of them. Yeah. Potentially. That would be, that'd be interesting. All right, best motion picture animated. I have not seen any of these. I've actually seen some of these. Wait, uh, I saw Onward and Soul, which are the two Pixar entries. Both yeah, I feel are like good. I should probably watch those, even though I'm not they're, like a huge Pixar. They're person, both on but... Disney Plus. Onward, fine. Not the greatest movie ever. Like, if you want to throw something on, Onward is fine. Soul is like actually pretty good. Like, 
I would say Soul. It's like not quite the level of like Inside Out. Like I feel like Inside Out is sort of like it's like sort of a Soul is sort of like the off-brand version of Inside Out and not as good, but still interesting and well done. And then the Crudes movie. I feel like this category just like goes to like the biggest animated I movies of the year. I didn't realize that there was a new Crudes movie. I remember. The I first saw the first one. one. I saw it. In th- or did I see it in theaters? Me too. I don't but... remember it being that great. So like, why are they making sequels? To don't stuff? really remember it at all. But yeah, I don't either. Um. Okay, best actor in a motion picture drama. Um, Chadwick Boseman got a nomination, which I know a lot of people were expecting that one. Um, oh, for Ma Rainey's Black Which I want to watch. I feel like I should watch that movie. It's on Netflix, I think. August Wilson. It's on Netflix. Oh, yeah, it is. I think it's a Netflix original. Um, Mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins, I'm assuming he plays the father with dementia in The Father. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. haven't really heard of most of these. The rest of them don't really know what they are. I'm sure I'll end up watching some of these. Um, okay, the best actress category does look a bit more interesting. We have Viola Davis from All Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, Carrie Mulligan from Promising Young Woman. Who, and I think she's probably favored in that category. Like, I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of people are expecting But Viola Davis, good to, I've heard but, that, that she was really, really good at yeah. Rainey's Black Bottom, so I feel like she could definitely win. Although I feel like she just won a few years ago, too, so I don't know if that, like, impacts, that might impact I don't think that too. impacts their decision. Um, whereas, like, Carrie Mulligan, I don't think has ever won. Um, and then Frances McDormand is, like, the lead in Nomadland. I looked it up briefly before we started recording. It's, like, about a woman who, like, travels around the western u.s or something i mean when i say i looked it up i like very briefly looked it up and the cover of the movie is just her like walking so that's my knowledge of that um okay and then best actress in a motion picture musical or comedy uh there's some famous people in here like kate hudson and michelle pfeiffer but I, I really don't know any of yeah. these movies Emma, very well. I the don't... movie Emma was nominated. Is that a is that like that Jane Austen? Yeah, it's a Jane Austen. It came out like before the pandemic. It was like oh, one of the oh, last well. movies to come out. I've heard of I Care a lot. I haven't heard of that. Um, I don't really know very much about it. Yeah. Okay, then best yeah. actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Um Again, Lin-Manuel Miranda got nominated. James Corden got nominated. I'm... Yeah. Wait, didn't we already Wait, see I feel this like category? we already... Yeah. I feel like this is a repeat. Oh, they must have just put it... CNN must have put it on okay. here twice. Okay. Okay. Wait, have we done best motion picture overall? Yeah, we did Yeah. That. Okay, and then best original score. Um, but best director. It's best director. Oh, best director. Well, it's the same... I'm pretty sure it's the same... No, it's not. It's a little bit different. Um, oh, One Night in Miami. One Night in Miami is on there. Oh, and it's Regina so, Regina King. I think that might be her directorial debut. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, I hope she wins just for that then. Oh, but also yeah. Emerald Fennel is also her directorial debut in Promising Young Woman. Oh. 
So either was of them. It, um, Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut. Maybe for a no, maybe? no, no, no. Or ha- didn't he? Or no, maybe it's his directorial debut. He's like written yeah. movies, but he's never directed. Or maybe he has. I honestly forget. But he but doesn't need to win that. It should go to, to it should go to Regina yeah. King or Emerald Funnel. I haven't seen one night in Miami, but I'm gonna just vouch for Regina King. Okay, um, and then best original score. Don't really care. Tenet, I watched. Or I, like, sort of watched it enough to, you like, did. hear it. I hear, I watched it, but then I fell asleep, and it's the kind of movie that if you fall asleep <laughs> during it, you can't recover because it's so confusing that if you miss, like, even five minutes, like, there's no way you can even finish it. So I fell asleep, then I woke up, and then I went, left the room and took a nap. But I did hear some of the score, and, well, the sound editing in that movie was terrible. Like, you couldn't even hear anything, and the score was so loud that you couldn't even, like, hear anything that anyone was saying. <laughs> so... I don't. That's I think funny. like the score like ruined the movie partially. So I actually would say it should not win. It was like interesting, but not good. The rest I haven't Never. even heard of slash seen. Okay. Oh, but Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are hosting again. But apparently they're doing it from opposite coasts or something. That's, I read that's that interesting. Somewhere. I remember them being really good when they hosted together before. Yeah, I feel like they're like the uh, first. They're people not like I as remember relevant hosting. anymore. I feel like. But I feel but. like they're always funny together. Yeah, they'll all, yeah they're They're a good funny. duo. Okay. That was a very long-winded right. um, run through yeah. of the Emmy nominations. But it's <laughs> it was okay. most, mostly be like, never heard of this. <laughs> um, yeah, those are our, all of our hot takes on Emmy nominations. Um, should we briefly just get into a very, it was kind of a minor week, minor Twitter drama. But um, I guess some account... I think it's a Taylor Swift related account actually was releasing they did some sort of I think it was a fan voted like award award in quotation mark of like the worst fandoms slash like worst stands on Instagram or on Twitter and I think there was like a Google poll or something and people voted and Bughead stands got second place <laughs> And Barchi's stands weren't even on the list. It was like a 30 oh long list. Gosh. I looked through all of them. And Barchi yeah, wasn't even on there. And people have been harassed by Barchi stands. Yeah. I was like, like. How, how are we worse <laughs> than them? But it was interesting because I feel like it could have just been like all of the Barchi stands were like messaging each other saying, okay, vote for Buckhead, vote for Buckhead. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I don't exactly know the way that the awards went down, but that was interesting. Um, but, should we just get into the episode now? We Let's get long, into it. Long enough. And we're going to do a slightly different format this week, and it where we just talk about all the separate plot lines separately. So, we talk about, we're going to talk about what, what happened with Archie, what happened with Veronica, what happened with Cheryl, what happened with Betty and Jughead and their whole family. Because all the plot lines episode were very, like, not connected. Yeah, and that was, I think, my biggest complaint this episode is there was very, very little intersection between any of the plot lines. And we like when so, they're all together. Yeah, we like when they're all together. Some of them, I was like, how are we supposed to care about this? And also, yeah, it's mostly. very confusing, and it kind of made my head hurt a little bit to try to follow A lot happened in this episode. On. Like, a lot of characters died. So it could have died, just been like... Betty and Jughead and their stuff. Yeah. And then maybe, like, Archie 
being sad and beating stuff up for like a couple minutes but (laughs) yeah it was a lot was going on in this episode it was like it was interesting but i think most of it kind of came to a conclusion so which is interesting because this episode that's hasn't aired yet that's coming out later tonight is supposedly their graduation episode and it should be tying everything up before the time jump so there's not really that many loose ends to wrap up because they sort of did it all in this episode yeah it's interesting to like solve the mystery in the second episode of the season but obviously because i mean yeah it's basically just the end of the season season. but it doesn't come i mean we'll talk about this a little bit more later but to me it the the video mystery doesn't feel completely tied up. It doesn't like make full perfect like. So I don't know if it's just that Riverdale. Be, like, just, I don't know if that's just like a Riverdale it's thing, not. or if it's that there's actually going to be more next week. I feel like there could so be a twist. I don't know if that twist. was intentional. There or could not. be like a graduation related twist. What if there was like the best twist ever that we just never saw coming? And it's, like, an involve, like, all four <laughs> years of high school, like, everything. Like, what if it's, like, actually so good? I'm, I feel like they, um, they're not good at not yeah, planning it. I out. doubt it, but that would be But what if it's, like, the exciting. best episode ever? Anyway, <laughs> I have high hopes, but I feel like I might be disappointed. So, anyway, the first person that we'll focus on is Archie. And oh, I feel like we just, Archie. once again, prove that Archie has had no character growth throughout all four seasons of Riverdale. he's just the worst character. He's literally just the same person he was from the beginning. And it's not great. So I guess we ended last episode with him getting the videotapes. And it was like the reenactment of the Blackfoot um, shooting his dad and Pops. And... Which is really awful. Yeah, I mean, that's really terrible. And so, obviously, that was very triggering for him. um, And that sort of sets everything that happens in this episode into motion. So, um, clearly, he has, like, a lot of unresolved, like, kind of issues surrounding this, which is, like, understandable. Um, And so he, like, goes to visit his dad's grave. And, like, it's, like, very emotional for him. And then... I guess this is, like, bad timing because his mom, at the same time, wants him to make a statement to forgive the guy who killed his dad by running him over accidentally on the highway. So, Archie is, like... Well, like, a statement that... A statement of forgiveness that would hopefully help to lessen his sentence. And since, like, we learned in season four, this guy was taking the fall for his son teenage son who was driving who was the one who actually killed fred in the hit and run so it would be like it would be a nice thing for him to do because like obviously it wasn't done intentionally but archie's like writing this letter um and he's not doing well um and then and then we also find out later that the son is actually went to the judge or whatever and confessed to the hit and run. So now it's actually the son is like on trial and it's not even the dad. And so basically the son's like entire life is like essentially in the hands of Archie and like whether Archie writes this letter is a big deal for the rest of the son's life. And this dad come goes and talks to Archie to try to get him to write the letter for his son but obviously that does make it a little bit more difficult for Archie because before it was like, okay, I'm trying to help out this father who 
who, like, my father probably would have done is taking the fall for yeah. his son. But then it becomes, okay, this is the kid who actually killed Fred. So yeah. I, I do get how it's harder for Archie. Um, but I did feel a lot more for the kid and his father yeah. than I did for feel for it's like a bit strange because it like the show almost positions it like we should feel sympathetic for like archie's situation and i'm like like obviously i feel bad for him but like kind of exhausted my archie's it's like i've done that for like three seasons at this point like i'm like i honestly feel much more for like the kid who accidentally like uh ran over fred so it's like it's weird, like, the way that the show tries to, like, make you feel sympathetic for Archie. Um, and then, later in this episode, Archie, I think, comes home and his mom is watching the video. I guess she found the video that Archie watched of, like, the reenactment of um, the scene in Pops. And she's, like, very upset about it and she just wants to talk to him and, like, understand what's going on in his head. And, like, this really sets Archie off. He, like destroys the tv he like storms out of the room like it's not good yes he has some serious anger issues which once again i was reminded of the episode where they actually brought a therapist into the school and i how for a second i thought that that was going to be the rest of the show i thought they were going to have a therapist that would like actually make this somewhat like i guess i don't nope he just solves yeah. all of his problems by hitting things yeah so then he's so like ho- hopefully in the time jump he's Archie seen a therapist i hope he's seen like seen a therapist he's working through some of his emotional issues yeah i really hope that he's like gotten help in the time jump i hope he like m- like ha- has some more maturity at, like as he like maybe like distances himself from riverdale like i feel like it would be good for him to like leave riverdale for a few years um, that would help him. But anyone who knows something about this can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the time jump starts with Betty and Archie together, or maybe that's just a theory, but I think I saw it on Twitter, so yeah, that's maybe not what <laughs> Archie needs, but also there was a, a Bughead fan who was like, well... It's not really a great sign if your ship starts a time jump together. So it's probably not how they're going to end. Might not be great news for Barchi people, I'm sorry. Yeah, and this episode, I mean, we haven't finished recapping, but this episode we got, like, no Barchi content at all. Like, there was, like, yeah. one scene where they, like, looked at each other, and that was it. But almost the entire oh. episode, they weren't well, even, we like, together. Actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll finish talking about Archie, and then we should actually talk a little bit about that scene. Yeah, so, um, anyway, Archie's, like, in his room, like, punching his punching bag, which I guess this is, like, anger management strategy. Which um, isn't terrible. Not terrible, but his mom is like, you can't be doing this, like, all night long. Like, I need to go yeah. to sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so then Archie's uncle comes in, who, like, I, I just never was a fan of Archie's uncle. He, like, stole money from them or something. Like, it was not a good situation. And now, and Archie's uncle is, like, trying to, like, help him work through his issues. And Archie's, like, really mad at his uncle. And so, basically, that scene resolves in them. Archie just, like, beating up his uncle as a way to get his anger out. But his uncle was, like, encouraging it. He was like, this kid needs to get his anger out. So he was encouraging it. 
how is that a good strategy? And then I guess it works because after that, then they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they're like hugging. Like and making up after. And I'm like, what? This is not. And I was like, that was kind of sweet at the end. <laughs> and I actually kind of like Archie's uncle. I don't know. But didn't it's... he like do bad things? Yeah, and then he was going to go confess for the things that he did. Because Archie didn't know that he had an uncle, I feel like. And then after Fred died, they brought him in. Um, oh, God. And what I was I was telling Luke as we were watching this is, like, his uncle really looks like he's, like, a lumberjack on, like, one of those weird reality <laughs> TV shows, which I kind of I kind of like that. Um, it's a strange character. I really hope that. I just, I'm not a fan of his uncle. But then they have like, like a, they have a family breakfast afterward, and they're all making up, and then Archie ends up writing the letter. So yeah. it seems like it really worked for him. I feel like Archie could end up like being his uncle. Yeah, if he doesn't I get could really some see that help. So anyway, that's where we end Archie's plotline. But the one scene that we mentioned earlier is there's a scene like one of the I think the only scene where like the entire group is together. They're. Mm-hmm. We find out that Archie's like not graduating from high school, I guess, which is not good. They're all was like, it disgusting. from the time when he was out because of the bear attack? Was it was, or he was on the run because they thought he was in the <laughs> and then that's when he was attacked. <laughs> yeah, he's not. The, what I'm really confused about is how did he go from almost getting into the naval academy to now just like not even graduating high school. Yeah, like how would he have gone into is, the Naval Academy if he never graduated high school? It's a little confusing because yeah, Ar- Archie's definitely not the the greatest student ever. But like, um, but yeah, I'm. It is a little bit confusing. Also, didn't he just like walk out of his SAT? Like, I'm really confused well, how he's gonna get. Remember into the when Naval he Academy. got like a three hundred on the practice? Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I don't think that's possible. <laughs> like Archie is not doing well. But anyway, they're like all discussing, and then Veronica's like trying to cover up for the breakup because they broke up. But so she's, she's like still yeah, covering because she doesn't want she doesn't want um, Betty and Jughead to find out until after like she doesn't want anyone to find out until after graduation, which is like and she doesn't want to have to explain to Jughead why they broke up. Yeah. Um, Which is so nice. Yeah, Veronica, like, Veronica is really so nice. Archie like, does not deserve her. Usually, I have issues with Veronica, but like right now, Veronica is like star, star character. Um, and then also, a scene that was really uncomfortable was like Hiram came to Archie's gym, and is like trying community to community like, center. What? Community center. Oh yeah, sorry, community center, and is like, <laughs> trying to like beat him up because he broke up with. Veronica, he's like, how dare you hurt my daughter? Like, blah, 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 blah. So, like, now Archie and Hiram have beef again, which is just, like... Oh, we don't need that again. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, we've gone was... through this, like, 400 times. We don't and that was this. the reason why Archie was on the run. And Yeah, like, when has that ever been good? On his SAT. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's all... It's not good. But maybe Hiram will just be dead by the time the time jump is over, and maybe that will just... Yes, I have I have mixed feelings about that, because sometimes I enjoy Hiram as a, as but a villain. not in this episode. In this episode, he was... I'm just confused. Like, does it make sense to me what they're trying to do with him anymore? 
but he did when the scene when he was beating up Archie or just I guess just trying to attack him he wasn't really beating him up um uh he did look pretty frail yeah he did look not look as healthy as he used to but like I feel like Hermione is so much more of an interesting character than Hiram. Like, I feel like Hiram is, is like, one mode, whereas, like, Hermione is, like, actually kind of interesting. And, like, I feel like in this episode we got, like, a glimpse of, like, her being a bit more interesting, which we'll get to later. So I feel like, like, Hermione post-Hiram would be, like, ideal. Anyway, so that's sort of Archie's plotline. That's great. Oh, and then also randomly, Jughead got into college. He's going to University of Iowa for creative writing. Mm-hmm. Little side detail. Good for him. Which, I'm glad. That's exciting because I think a that's really a good. good I think that's a good program for him. I think he'll do well, and he's gonna come back in the time jump and be like a an author. <laughs> <laughs> like how many? I feel like we should take bets. How many books do we think he's gonna have published by the time the time jump is over? Well, how many books has he even published now? Well, it depends, because it also could be more of, like, a a Rory Gilmore situation, where he, he had such promise, and then he's, like, struggling. Yeah, that's true. Jump. Or it could be, like, he's the New York Times number one bestseller. You never really know. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. Anyway. All right. Well, so the, other, the next plot line that we can talk about is the Shoney plot line plot line so and just Cheryl and Cheryl in general there's a, there's a bit of Shoney yeah, I don't what's Cheryl. happening with Shoney I They're, don't apparently I they don't didn't break it. up I feel like we spent all of last episode being like oh they broke up like I'm kind of sad about that apparently they're not they're actually well, it doing seems just like fine they're not totally clear if they broke up or not but it's like it wasn't really addressed it was a bit strange I was like really thinking they had broken up there's just there's some tension there they both definitely still love each other it's just there's some conflict with their families but do we do we need like do we need this right now there's so much going on i feel like we just don't need this right now yeah in my opinion uh, yeah i don't know it's like i don't really care about it whatever um but i feel like the more interesting thing with cheryl is um She's, like, I guess trying to, she wants, like, I don't really know how to explain what she was doing. It involves Blossom, the Blossom business. I, I don't remember what the name of the Blossom business is. Um, but <laughs> Their maple syrup business? Yes. Slash, slash drug business? Well, I think they're not doing drugs anymore. I'm, or selling, uh. involved in the drug <laughs> business anymore. <laughs> But I would hope at least. Yeah, so she's on this Zoom call with all of her family members, so you know it made it really <laughs> relatable was... for us. I mean, it kind of did make sense. Like, it kind of made sense that like instead of having her family like come all the way in to town just to have this meeting, like. Yeah. No, it it didn't make sense. But it was just like very like weird that they were using like, like it felt like a nod to the times in a way. Yeah. In like a strange way. But it, like, didn't, like, not fit with the plot. Um, but, okay. What happened on this Zoom call? So, she basically, I think, wants to, like, take over the entire company, or business. And she wants to 
completely change the business and potentially give back some of the land to Native like Americans. Tribe. I I was that part. I was a little bit confused. Something by. related to like rebranding the entire business. Something like about that. It was like so. Confusing. It was hard I, to focus on this plot line when there was so much else going on. And and I was just like, what? where did like, this, this come is so from? Out of the blue. <laughs> I mean, like whatever. And then Cheryl like tells Tony that she wants to go on vacation with her or something. I have no. And I think it's some. There was like a quick scene, and it was like it seemed like it was somewhat related to this plot line, but I just couldn't really piece together how it connected. Well, did she want to go visit but her the, family members to try to convince them? Like. But she wasn't telling t- something, maybe something like that. But she wasn't telling Tony what, like, why she was doing this. But then I don't Penelope know. Blossom poisons all of them, all of the relatives, so they're all dead. And they all just like mysteriously die. <laughs> like what? And Penelope and Blossom like Cheryl... is held hostage right now in Cheryl's house. So I'm... yeah, basically, how she get out? Oh, she went. I guess she had someone poisoned. else do it. Penelope Blossom is the most confusing person. I thought she, like, was, like, hated. I thought she was, like, a burn victim. I thought she, like, what happened to everything? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like we just don't really have anything more to say about this plotline. And Nana Rose was, like, sad that their entire family just, like, dropped dead all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) We're just like, yep, that's what's happening. Surprised it didn't happen earlier, to be honest. (sighs) <sighs> All right. So anyway, Nana Rose made an appearance, which, I mean, always love an appearance from Nana Rose. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, I wait, briefly about Nana Rose. I just was on Twitter like a few minutes ago, or not a few minutes ago, like before we were recording this episode, and I saw a tweet that was like, if Nana Rose makes it past the time jump, like I really think she might just be immortal because <laughs> the fact that she's still alive. <laughs> which is sad to think that, that we might like get our last episode of Nana Rose. Oh, maybe there'll be a nice sentimental moment at Cheryl's graduation. Or maybe they'll start with like a funeral for her. Oh, oh that's what brought them all back to Riverdale. I don't I don't know why that would be what brought them all back to Riverdale. <laughs> well like Cheryl has no more family members left, so maybe she was just inviting all of her friends <laughs> to come to the funeral. Okay. That, oh yeah, they go to shupo- support Cheryl. Um, not because they were like so close to Nana Rose. Okay. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> there's only been weird interactions between them and Nana Rose. There have been interactions, but it's been all strange. Okay. Anyways. Let's, let's not speculate more about that. Yeah, moving on <laughs> to Veronica. There's also some business-related stuff with Veronica, and I can't say I was completely following this plot line, but, uh, oh my gosh, what happened? Well, so she's, like, she's in Pops. And then she goes to, like, take out the trash. And then she's stopped by this, like, gang. The Malloys. Who were this family that Hiram had some problems with last season. And I think he killed some of them. And I don't remember who they (laughs) are. I didn't even really I recognize the name Malloy, but I couldn't remember it. But the importance of of this is uh, Hiram's getting back into the organized crime world. And while he has this like, did he ever potentially terminal illness, not really sure what's going on with that. So, and they thought that he was <laughs> done. He was done with his crime days. So, yeah, they weren't too happy. So, but to he's hear actually that. still in it. 
So then it looks like Veronica's like literally about to get killed. But right when she's about to like get killed by this gang, I guess, to get revenge on Hiram, Hermosa, who is her sister, who we just found about like out about last season. They have a kind of tense um, relationship. Yeah. Steps in and like saves them. And she and kills, kills them. The and she, she's just like, Oh she kills them. She's like, Wait, who are they? Like, why did I kill them? <laughs> I was just like, what? There was, like, a lot of killing in this episode. You also got that killed. was, like, all of Cheryl's family. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and all the gang members and Brett and um, some other girl that Joan. they went to school with. Joan, yeah. Joan, who I, like, didn't really remember, but apparently also died. Like, there was a lot of deaths, and some of them were, like, kind of good characters. But anyway. So then Veronica, like... Is like okay. Well, they together, Hermosa and Veronica sort of put together that like Hiram's involved in the crime, organized crime. So then they go to Hermione, and they're like, "We need to like stop Hiram." And so Hermione is like now on board, and it's sort of like, "I have no more allegiance to Hiram anymore. Like, we're done." Which like this is where I like start to get more on board with Hermione's character because I feel like Hermione has been like very frustrating. You never quite know because, what to think about her. And you never And quite I know always her wanted her to have was. like her own like she's just very been very wishy washy and I've always sort of wanted to her to have like a her own interests. So I feel like she's finally like kind of assuming that character, which I'm happy for. But I also then there's like a weird feel like thing later on. I heard that her the actress who plays Hermione, I don't remember her name, was leaving. I feel like show. that's not gonna happen. And that FP was Skeet Ulrich, I think that's his name, was also. Oh, I think, oh, Marisol Nichols, I, I think is Hermione's actress's name. Yeah. But I, the reason I don't think, that, I mean, maybe that is happening, tweet us if you know the information. But um, I feel like, because I just saw her on that live stream on Instagram. Um, for the, for the Riverdale account. Oh. So, like, why would she be doing live streams if she's, like, done with the show, basically? Well. But you think that she maybe isn't coming back for the time jump? Or, I definitely saw no, I something. Think she maybe is, because she she's was, just not coming back after was, season five. Because she was talking about on the, on the account when I was watching. She was like, I'm really excited to, like, for Hermione. Like, I feel like she gets, like, a really interesting plot line this season. Like, Oh. She gets... Well, it so just I might like be her last... Season 5 her. might be her last season. Okay. Well, there's, like, weird stuff with her later on in this episode. <laughs> but, um... So, anyway. Basically, they, like, go to Hiram, and they... They, like, take her shares of Hiram's business, like Hermione's shares, and then they're like, we're gonna do a hostile takeover of... What is it? Lodge Industries. Mm-hmm. And Hiram is, like, not happy about this. Yes at all he's like very angry and then he i don't exactly remember the interaction but basically they're like the the higher or hermione and hermosa like are like okay we need to like show the Hiram like we're not gonna help him like he can't like rely on our support anymore so basically they devise a plot where they like have gang members like go to Hiram and like beat him up and then they just are like, we're not going to help you. That was incredibly confusing to me. I was, so, like, this is where I'm, like, not a fan of Hermosa. Because basically the plan was, okay, we're going to, like, put Hiram's, like, 
beat him up and then we're just like gonna like leave him out to dry like how is that a good idea yeah it's a it's a terrible idea i have to say during many of these moments i don't think i was fully paying attention because i was just like I was just like, not, come on. Like, this this plot line for me do, did not need to your, happen. Your father that is about to die from a terminal illness, you're going to beat him up and then just leave him out to dry? Like, Yeah. Can someone tell us? I feel like we're confused about whether this illness is terminal or not. Can someone just, like, tell <laughs> well, he us? he said that he seemed like he was okay. Yeah, he said, like, I thought when he got but, diagnosed like, it was a big deal because he was going to die. And then he was like, oh, now I might not die. And I, I just, I just stick with us story. <laughs> okay. Anyway, whatever. So then there's a scene where Hiram is, they like have a whole family dinner. All four of them are there. And Hiram is like, I'm going to, I'm considering retiring because like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So I guess like their plan worked. Like he's not going to be in the crime business anymore. And then Hermione understand. is like how those like i don't understand how that works but anyway how do you retire like okay but then hermione is like i'm gonna break from Hiram. like i have no more interest in like being involved in this anymore like i like she was like there was some reason that she was like had to stay with Hiram, but like now that Hiram is retiring she's like there's no reason like i need to stay here oh yeah she's gonna go on a vacation and she's like i will not be joining you on that vacation yeah, and Hermione is like, I talked to Andy Cohen, and I'm just gonna be a real housewife <gasps> because like that's like my interest. Oh my god, I I forgot about that. I did not write that down. <laughs> it's the, that was like the most random thing that has ever happened on this show. <laughs> I was like, what on earth is happening? I don't even know what to say. <laughs> like Andy Cohen, like what even is she gonna be on real housewives when after the time jump i hope we see i hope they like part of the show is just like footage from hermione on real housewives where they maybe andy cohen's making a guest appearance i mean the show is like big enough i could see that andy cohen makes a guest appearance but like where did they come up with that (laughs) like i just and hermione doesn't really strike me as a real house wife's kind of person she's too like sly and like but i guess we don't really know what i mean i've never even seen seen real housewives so i don't know what they're like on camera but also probably off camera i feel like she's not more like she might know how to turn it on for the camera yeah but i also think of real housewives as like a bunch of like scrappy women no i feel like hermione is not that Definitely not. I don't know. I haven't. I watched haven't watched it, but they're all like so incredible, like, like super rich. Oh. I guess so. I feel like she's like almost like too old to be on Real Housewives. No. I don't know. Anyway, don't it will so, be interesting but... to see what on earth they do with that, or that maybe they'll just like brush under the rug and never address that ever again, yeah. because like that's what they're doing with half of the plot lines these days. Yeah. Um. So I guess basically that means they're probably getting divorced. Right? Yeah, I think... Didn't she say something about officially... I feel like she mentioned it. I don't think she ever mentioned getting divorced. Because I wrote it down in my notes, they're getting divorced. Oh, maybe that meant that they are getting divorced. Yeah, I I think that that they explicitly said that. But I don't remember for sure. End of an era, I guess. That's kind of sad. 
I mean, like, not surprising. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Okay. So that was Veronica's plotline, which, like, is so bizarre, but, like, whatever. Now we should get into the meat of this episode, which is really Jughead and Betty. And this is a really good Bughead episode, I feel like. Like, I feel like we get a lot of good moments between them. It's just, like, classic them. They're solving a mystery, doing everything together, kind of some cute interactions. I was here for this. Yeah. Uh, Barchi fans, uh, clearly season getting season five nothing. isn't turning out how they expected. But, I mean, maybe this episode coming up, it will be their episode, if supposedly they're... I hope that... What I really hope doesn't happen is they're not just like, oh, time jumps over, now they're Barchi's together instead of Bughead. Like, I, if they end it where Bughead is together and then they come back and Barchi's together after the time jump... With no explanation. But then we could, like, piece together... Maybe they'll have flashbacks and, like, piece together what happened. Well, I think that's what they're planning to do for some of the... Which I think would be okay. I don't know. So, alright. So we start this episode off where they're going to visit Brett in prison. And apparently he wants to be transferred to solitary for some reason. Or no, they get a call and he's, like, wants to be... What even happens? I forget. Yeah, I think he's going to share with them some information. And that information yeah. would be uh, Chick and uh, Chuck. <laughs> Is that his name? No, Charles. Chick and Charles', Charles. relationship. Uh, but then... And he, but he requests and he to, wants be to be transferred to solitary in exchange for telling them this information. So, And why he wants to Which, be transferred to... I'm assuming solitary means solitary confi- confinement. So... Maybe he wants protection from Chick. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. I guess that's why. But I was a little bit confused in that scene. It was like, it doesn't make sense. But then they go to visit him in prison, and he's they find out he was dead. So that was like a big thing. I was like not expecting that. And that was like one very early on in the episode. So I was like, oh, wow. And Brett, Brett was a big character kind of a season big char- four. So. Big character in season four, just like gone. So, okay, <laughs> I guess we're done. I mean, never was a fan of him, so I'm not too sad about it. But then, so then they take a trip to my, one of my least favorite characters in the entire um, show, the gross, what, what even is he? The guy that oh my God, has, I like, just looks like he lives underground, like, blanked on his name. What is, what even is his job? He's like a, a coroner. More chew- coroner. Coroner? Yeah. Coroner. So they take a trip to him, just their he apparently deals with every single dead body in like the tri-state area like somehow he has access to every single dead body even though like he has access to dead bodies in Riverdale and uh, dead bodies from the prison and dead bodies like everywhere basically and so then they find out his eyes were gouged out oh which wait do we even ever address what did they ever ever address like why his eyes were gouged out later on um i don't know it was just very gruesome i guess okay whatever (laughs) unnecessary so then they're like talking with betty's brother charles who works with the fbi and then they're like they find out that the guy who works at the movie store was hanged in a cabin and it it appears to be a suicide, but as Betty said, it's a little bit too neat. 
yeah, they're not believing it. So then Betty wakes up with a like in the middle of the night and gets a call from Donna, who's her former classmate at Not her classmate, um, it was Jughead's classmate at or Jughead's classmate Prep, at Stone She was Prep. the other criminal mastermind there. <laughs> yeah. And she's like freaking out like what even I don't know exactly but she's like scared and then she's like Joan is dead like she got murdered by a rock Brett is dead like someone's coming for me or something Mm -hmm. something's happening so but Betty is sort of like um, Betty doesn't really care but then she checks in where Joan was staying I think and like finds out that Joan is died so then Betty's like okay something maybe is going on but we're not entirely sure what it is mm-hmm. and and then yeah well then we see the whole family together watching the <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember well, which they get, movie it, they it get a new I think they get a, they new, get a one. new one they just got it delivered a new one. Oh, and this is the one and it's a video of them yeah, this is, like, actually kind of creepy. It's very creepy. It's, like, a video of someone, whoever's doing the snuff, or whoever's doing the tapes, like, recording them at night, like, inside their house. Like, it's not a reenactment. It's, like, actually footage from inside their house. And it's one and where we see someone holding a knife, and they hold it up to Jelly to, throat and film it, and she doesn't wake up. Yeah. So, it's very scary. And they think it's a great idea to just, like, have a family movie night and just, like, watch it together. Yep. Um, very age-appropriate for everyone involved. Like, just great idea all around. So then they're like, okay, we can't, like, stay at our house because clearly people can get into our house to take videos of us and potentially kill us. So they go to the five seasons. And while they're there, they figure out uh, that it was... Charles, it was probably Charles because he is someone who had access to their house. And they've been like telling him they've everything. Telling so him if everything. he was making all of, like the snuff films, like it would make sense. So they return there and they have Charles meet them at their house and they confront mm-hmm. Charles and Which we totally called that Charles well, was suspicious last but they I mean they, they sort of, of said that, but it was an interesting choice because we knew that Charles was a straight a shady figure, but the characters didn't know, um, which kind of made, which made this it's feel very obvious. weird because it, there was no suspense was like, at all in this scene. It was just like, okay, now Charles is a serial killer. Uh, and we're like, yeah, we and so Charles just confesses to killing all of these people. He killed the Stonewall Prep people, and he killed David. I think right. The movie guy. The movie guy. And, um, this scene, but he says the the tapes weren't him. And this scene w- like felt the one inside the house. so weird to me. It just didn't him. feel right. So either Charles is not a very good actor, or there's something else going on that we don't Well, and there was such, like, a know. weird 180 from, like, the way he has played that character. Yeah, it was... Like, I feel like in the past he's been, like, very, like thoughtful and like very straightforward and that's like how that character is and then all of a sudden he was kind of trying to play this character as some like crazy guy who's like a serial killer and it just didn't really like 
that transition did not work for me. And like it was not very believable, but I think it's mostly because of the way he's played the character before. And he, because we knew that he was in a relationship with Chick, which I forget a lot of things so, that happen in this show. So that was one funny. thing that I was not able to forget. Um, so funny, <laughs> but Betty's two potential brothers are dating. Yes, so in this family, the almost siblings are always oh, dating always dating each other. <laughs> it's it's a little weird. But it's a lot weird. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh my god! There must be something happening in the next episode that's going to explain this all. Because the fact that we knew that Charles was up—it made it not very suspenseful. We knew that he was up to no good for so long. So there, there must be something else happening. But Chick was the one no, who killed Brett. In in the prison. In prison. But he was directed to by Charles. But also, how how did he? Who, who knows? Who knows? Well, he gouged his eyes out, I guess. So. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But th- at this point, they know that Charles was involved in killing a lot of the people, but they don't know who's making the video still. So they turn him in, but the video plotline is still unresolved. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, how do they come to the next conclusion that, like, Jellybean was the one behind the video? Does she confess? Or do they? I don't think... I think they just, like, figure it out. Like, I think they just piece it together somehow. Yeah. I Again, this exactly episode isn't happens. super fresh in our minds, so we might be forgetting something here. But it's, like, whatever. It's, like, kind of a weird... But somehow they too. figure out it was Jelly Bean that was making the videos, and she explains it all to them. Or we see... We don't see her explain it to them. We see... Jughead explaining it to FP. But basically it was like a way to get Jughead to st- to stay in Riverdale because if there was a new mystery, he would stay to f- try and figure it out. And it started pretty small with just recording the outside of people's houses. supposed to be just a little bit creepy and then they just kept taking it farther and farther because it wasn't working at first. Yeah. And... Well, and- and the funniest thing is that she was working with, with Ricky. Ricky, who was the sweetest who, little boy who turned out he's to like, be... he was sweet until he was bad. He was, like, our favorite Yeah, character. we loved him, and then he turned out to be, like, a, was he a murderer? Or he was trying to kill... He was trying to kill Archie, but it was because he was working for someone else. Like, for Hiram, maybe? Or, I don't know, but then it... That was, like, the strangest It turns thing out that... She should not be hanging out with Ricky. Yeah, well, it turns out that Jellybean was working with all of the kids from Archie's community center. So we get a little bit of intersection there. Um, yeah. Well, and then the funniest thing is, like, so she's off, that also explains why she was at the film festival thing. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. I was thinking about how we really believed that yeah, she was really only there because of Lauren from Lauren soccer. From soccer. <laughs> and I was like, how do we even believe that? But oh. FP ends up hugging Jellybean. It seems like everything's okay in the family. The, and it's like, just like, this was sort of like a disappointing end to the the tapes. I mean, not that I was really that, like, invested, interested in, like, the tapes to begin with. But it was just, like, sort of not a very exciting, like... It wasn't super satisfying. Like, this has been, like, a plot point that has been, like, building theoretically for all of season four. Like, the tapes started, like, very early on. 
I mean, at the very beginning, we just didn't really know anything, and it wasn't, like, the main focus, but, like, it's been going on for, like, a really long time, and then all this, like, basically the conclusion is this jelly bean is behind it, like, just to try and get Jughead to stay, like, it's sort of... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I never really cared about the tapes, and I found my, this ep- found that this episode made me care about them a little bit more, but I'm not completely satisfied with this conclusion, and I, I think that there Does has to be something feel- slightly more sinister going on in the background. I don't yeah. think this is it. I hope it's not. I hope that... I have d- hopes that this has all been the entire... Season, four seasons that have happened have all been building to this graduation. But, but what what could possibly happen? I don't to even know what together what, all of but, these crazy things and all of these loose ends. I guess there could be well, this. Let's think about it. This character, the could be, Black Hood. Yeah, maybe there's some character Hiram. that's like the mastermind behind everything wrong in Riverdale. But I don't really know how exactly that would work. Wait, what was even the problem in the first one? Oh, Jason Blossom. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I feel like Hiram could just be involved in everything. I don't know. Hiram, like, declares martial law and then just takes over Riverdale. <laughs> I, think, I mean, like, they almost did that once when they did that quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> got, got close to that. I forgot about the quarantine. They were so ahead of their time. Yeah, I mean, it was a definitely Wait, a why different did they kind of quarantine. Why did they quarantine again? I don't even remember. Um, maybe it was because of the the seizures. I think it was like a. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? That might have been a different season. But then I, I remember they quarantined. I remember they like imposed a quarantine, and then literally like the next episode is just like, up oh, quarantines. Like they just never even addressed yeah. it ever again. But okay, that's like unrelated. So anyway, that is Riverdale season five, episode two. What was the title? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, we haven't been doing the, the movie thing with these new episodes. Oh, I think the title was, like, of a movie. Hold on, let me look it up. I think it was the t- title of a movie I've seen recently. Actually. Oh, really? I think, like, a movie that was... Oh, I think the movie, the title was called Climax. Which, hmm. Climax is a movie that came out, like, a few years ago. There is a movie called Climax that came out a few years ago. Well, it's called The Preppy Murders. Um, oh, maybe I was thinking of episode. Uh, the previous episode was Climax. Um, and it was this, like, I almost ended up watching, but I didn't. It was, like, a movie about, um, like, some dance troupe. It's, like, a sort of, like, horror slash, like, I don't exactly know. But, like, I think, like, the there's, like, this, like, dance troupe, and then, like, their punch gets spiked, and then there's, like, all these murders. And everyone's like on drugs. I it, I don't exactly. That was not, not a good explanation, but. Um. Oh well, there was uh there was a movie called The Preppy Murder, and then also a TV show. It seems like kind of a true crime thing. <laughs> okay. I think it fits then. Um. All right. Well, I feel like that's a very long-winded episode. We spent a bit longer talking about the Golden Globes <laughs> than I was expecting, but. You know, it's fine. Well, hopefully if you uh, don't care about the Golden Globes, you just skipped ahead with the timestamps. Um, uh, but we will be back hopefully on Friday to cover 
episode three of season five. Um, but until then, you can follow us on social media. We have Instagram and Twitter. They're both Pops Pop Culture. Send us, send us your thoughts. Oh, vote in our poll. What is our poll going to be? Again? Oh, it's going to be whether we should change our um, our intro. Oh yeah, to or... recap from rewatch. Rewatch. So, and then if also, cares. yeah, send us your thoughts. Um, if we got anything wrong, maybe clarify whether Hiram actually has a ter- terminal illness or not. Um, send all of those thoughts to our email, popsandpopculture at gmail.com. Or and tweet. don't forget to leave us a review. Or just tweet us. Yeah. Message us. We're available. And then also don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to us. But until next time, Bon Nui. Bon Nui.